This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Day Radio. My name is Miriam Marston, and I'm so grateful to have this chance each week to look a little more closely at the mission of evangelization and to see how different people have responded to this fundamental call of Jesus Christ. My guest this week is Stephen Binns, who is a biblical scholar and a pilgrimage leader. And through our conversation, you'll hear references to the pivotal role that beauty plays in the life of faith. It's one of the three transcendentals, truth, beauty, and goodness. And really, each one of those is a marvelous launching point for the movement of evangelization. But let's linger on beauty for a few moments. Um, back in 2006, the Pontifical Council for Culture published a document called The Way of Beauty, which looked at how beauty serves as a pathway for evangelization and dialogue. They focus on three areas, the beauty of creation, of the arts, and the beauty of Christ, who is the model and prototype of Christian holiness. The authors write, Jesus is not a path among others, a truth among others, a beauty among others. He does not propose one way among others. He is the living path that leads to the living truth that gives true life. Supreme beauty, splendor of the truth. Jesus is the source of all beauty because, word of God made flesh, He is the manifestation of the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father, as we hear in the Gospel of John. The Church of the Third Millennium seeks this beauty in the meeting with its Lord, and with Him in the dialogue of love with the men and women of our times. At the heart of cultures, to respond to their anxieties, their joys, and hopes, the Church never ceases to profess with Pope Benedict, If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful, and great. No, only in this friendship are the doors of life opened wide. Only in this friendship is the great potential of human existence truly revealed. Only in this friendship do we experience beauty and liberation. Again, that meditation is from a document published by the Pontifical Council for Culture in 2006. And now please enjoy my conversation with Stephen, who shares how pilgrimage can introduce us to the saints and ultimately lead us to discover our own call to be a saint. I'm delighted to welcome Stephen Binns to the show. Stephen is a biblical scholar, author, and speaker, as well as pilgrimage leader. Stephen, it's great to have you on. How are you today? Doing very well, Miriam. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. And where, where does life find you these days? I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've Wonderful. been down here in southern Louisiana for about 
12 years. My wife is on the faculty at LSU in the music department, and I work freelance, as as you said, as a, a writer and speaker in the field of Catholic biblical studies. Awesome. And I I look forward to speaking a bit more about that uh, during our conversation. But let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Stephen, where where did you grow up and how did religion really figure into your background and in your story? I I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, grew up in in a Catholic family. Both of my parents were were Catholic. So we we had a kind of a typical 1950s, 1960s Catholic um, upbringing, prayed as a family. Uh, and we went, we went to Catholic schools, Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, and then I went on to a Catholic college, the University of Dallas, yeah. and uh, and graduate school after that. So uh, I've lived a very Catholic life um, yeah. in uh, Little Rock, and and now the last dozen years in Louisiana. So really, a Catholic background, and in the midst of that, you know, Stephen, I mentioned you have a special interest in uh, biblical studies. I'm wondering, do you remember when you were first really introduced to Scripture? Um, when do you remember when that happened? Yeah, you know, my 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 family life and my my grade school and high school years were, as I said, you know, very Catholic and typically Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, but I was. I was catechized, I would say, but not evangelized, you know, and we, we know what that means. We know that, you know, Catholicism formed my life and, and I was a good Catholic. I, I enjoyed being in the church, but, um, you know, in my teenage years, that, that doesn't, didn't really have that um, uh, personal uh, a meaning for me. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't until really I got into college that I began to really experience uh, God's life and, and develop a more uh, tangible, real kind of relationship. And, and for me, it happened in a probably a quite different way than, than a lot of people. Uh, it was in college, uh, as I said, a, a Catholic university and that had a sophomore year abroad program. And the sophomore year abroad program was in Rome. And so we lived a semester in, in Rome and, and traveled all over Europe on weekends. So I, was a, had a backpack and my Europe on $10 a day at that time kind of book and uh, just, and my URL pass and just went all over Europe uh, with friends and just, just enjoy that immensely. But it had a very deep, profound meaning in my life. And I, I was only able to reflect on it later to really discover what God was doing through that experience. You know, um, there, the, there's the three the trans- transcendentals, you know, truth, goodness, and beauty. Yeah. And then God is the fullness of truth, goodness, and beauty. But everything we experience in our life that is true or good or beautiful is a kind of a reflection of God, whether we realize that or not, right? Absolutely. So I, um, at a Catholic university, I studied a, a bit of philosophy and, and history and all those kinds of topics. So was sort of being drawn to God through through truth, okay. through reflective um, uh, abilities, but but I think it was really beauty that drew me more than anything, because that sophomore year in Rome and traveling all over Europe, I went to all the great cathedrals and all the great art galleries of Europe, yeah. and. I experienced it as something very beautiful. 
And in my mind, but particularly in my heart, I reflected on the kind of culture and kind of people that gave rise mm -hmm. to some of the most beautiful architecture and, and the fact that some of the great, greatest masterpieces of art and music in the world were sacred expressions. Yeah. So I think through that experience, through, through, through the world of beauty, the beauty of Europe particularly, that led me in a very real and tangible way to, to want to study theology and then to study uh, the Bible after that and, and led me into a life of, of Catholic ministry. That's beautiful. If there were, if there were just a few places that you could go back to over and over again to experience that beauty, what might those places be? Well, the tops on my list is the Holy Land. The Holy Land. You know, I, as, as you said in the intro, I, I lead pilgrimages. So I've been to the Holy Land many times. First time I was there was in studies, in biblical studies. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I travel all around and got to know the land, you know, and there's something about the land and the Bible that they go together. Certainly in the tradition of Israel, the land is, is very important. But as a follower of Jesus, you know, those places of his life and yeah. that Sea of Galilee and that that walled city of Jerusalem and the places of Christ's life. That's that's number one for me. Mm -hmm. And then and then I guess Rome would be a, a close second. Oh, awesome. I know I would love one day. I've been to Rome a few times, but the Holy Land is really on the list and probably is on the minds of a number of our listeners too who would love to see that place. For those of us who haven't quite made it over there, how, how might we have that spirit of pilgrimage to grow closer to that place where um, Jesus called the first disciples and where he healed and taught. How do we grow closer to that place if we're not quite able to get there yet? Yeah, I think uh, as has been taught to us through the spiritual masters through the ages and in a special way through Ignatian spirituality, St. Ignatius of Loyola, taught us to read the scriptures with our imagination, mm -hmm. you know, to to encounter Christ through the scenes of the Gospels or the other biblical characters as we read about them. Imagine being with them in those places. And, uh, you know, I think developing a biblical imagination is, is very important because if we fill our minds with the people and the images and the vocabulary of the scriptures, um, we, uh, we become part of that reality. You know, we enter into the world of salvation history and and we become a, a more personal disciple of Jesus when we enter into uh, those experiences with our imagination. They become our experiences. So it's not just uh, an, an experience of ancient history, looking back on those long ago times, but we become part of that experience as well. And certainly a, a physical pilgrimage to those places adds to that experiences in ways that that we can't quite even imagine yet. But uh, but I think that uh, reading the scriptures with an imagination, mm -hmm. picturing the scene, uh, uh, asking ourselves uh, how we can be engaged with all five of the senses, 
you know, how, what do I, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? What do I taste? What do I touch in this situation from the scriptures, particularly the life of Jesus? And so enter personally in that way. Yeah, you anticipated my question there because I was going to ask, are there particular passages or stories that you might recommend that we begin this practice with that uh, where we can enter the story a little more intentionally? What passages uh, might you recommend for that? What I would do is choose the gospel. You know, for example, this year is uh, cycle C of our Catholic lectionary, the gospel of Luke. So I, what I recommend people to do during this year is read from, mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end in a slow kind of day, just a few verses a day, okay. the Gospel of Luke. And that gives us lots of opportunities to enter into our imagination, to relate in a personal way to all those characters, uh, particularly the person of Jesus. And uh, so if we go through the Gospel of Luke, however long it takes us, You know, we might just do a few verses a day. Sometimes we might do as much as a half a chapter or even a full chapter. But um, but go through a gospel. And then maybe this being the the year of Luke, uh, then move on to the Acts of the Apostles. Okay. You know, because about almost a third of the New Testament was written by Luke. So if you add the gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles together, that's that's a big part of, of the of the New Testament, and we, when we read them back to back, you know, they really are uh, volume one and volume two of Luke's writings. That's a great way to um, to enter into the scriptures in this personal, imaginative way. Yeah, I'm so I'm glad you mentioned these passages from the New Testament. I'm wondering. Uh, are there recommendations you have from the Old Testament? Because sometimes I've I found it a little bit trickier to exercise that imagination, enter into that, uh, into some of those stories because they feel a little more remote or farther away. But truly, Stephen, they're not. This is this is part of our story. Any anything from the Old Testament that we we could do this with as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, the 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 Old Testament stories and characters and history is is just as imaginatively rich as as the new. Uh, so. You know, I don't I don't want to talk too much about my own uh, publications and all, but my threshold Bible study really is meant to be a guide to do just exactly what we've been talking about. But there, there's lots of other Catholic, good Catholic Bible studies. What I recommend to people when they really want to get into studying the scriptures is to always use a guide, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether it be a good uh, commentary, a Bible study. You know, my my work threshold Bible study is kind of a you uh, take the text and then I write a commentary on that text, followed by questions for reflection, followed by prayer. And that takes in all of these elements, you know, that are that the church recommends for us in in developing and becoming a person of the word, the word of God and allowing the word to really form us. So we don't want to just read it. We want to be formed in the word. And we do that by this imaginative reading, by using a guide to, to really search for the meaning of the text, and then always then move on to the question, what does this mean to me? How is God challenging me through this text? What, what is the lesson uh, that God wants to give to me today through his word? 
And then, you know, the ancients always taught us that reading the scripture is a listening to God. And then, but we always want to respond to God, which is what we call prayer. So don't leave our daily encounter with the word of God without, without praying. So prayer from the heart based upon what we've experienced with God through the biblical text. Beautiful. Uh, for those who are just tuning in, I am speaking with Stephen Binns, who is a biblical scholar, author, and speaker, as well as a pilgrimage leader. I loved what you just said, Stephen, about being formed really by the word of God. Um, the focus of of this show really is evangelization. And I, I hope to do a, my small part to help those listening to feel um, ready to be an evangelizer in wherever life may find them. What's kind of the connection between being immersed in the word of God, in the scriptures, and then going forth and evangelizing? How do those practices really build up the practice of evangelization? I think they're, they're intimately connected. Yeah. They are, uh, you, you can't have one without the other, really. It's all about discipleship. Mm-hmm. You know, the more we uh, enter into scripture in the way that I've described in this very uh, personal encounter with the word of God, the more we will be changed. Uh, And as baptized people, the more we will become disciples of Jesus. The more we know him through his word, the more we enter into that reality, we become more and more full disciples of Christ. And we take on his image. We become more and more uh, the image of God, which is Christ in the world. Uh, And that naturally leads to evangelization. You know, the better disciple we are, the more people are going to be attracted to Christ. You know, and that and that's really what evangelization is all about. It's not necessarily, you know, going up to people and telling them about Jesus. It's not necessarily going door to door like we sometimes think, but yeah. but it's being the best disciple that we can. Hmm. Because I think that when we are a genuine disciple of Jesus and, and intentionally growing in that discipleship, we uh, become different than the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the way that we, we approach life, uh, the kind of joyful approach that we have toward life, even in the midst of struggle and difficulty, yeah. uh, the kind of hope that we have for our life and for the world, yeah. um, you know, the kind of love and concern, compassion that we have toward other people, that's that's going to come out. If we're a person of the word, if we're a disciple of Jesus Christ and growing in that, um, we're going to be different in those ways. And that's going to raise questions in the lives of others, in the minds and hearts of other people. They're going to ask that essential question of evangelization. Why are you like that? Why is this person different than than the rest of the world? What is it that they have in their mind and heart that that uh, that gives them that joy and that hope and that sense of meaning in their lives? And uh, so, so we we are a, a walking evangelizer just by being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, but then also, we Catholics have to, I think, learn to take the next step which is to answer those 
questions raised in people's minds in a vocal way. Yeah. You know, when people want to know what it is about our life that makes us different, we've got to learn how to use our words. We've got to learn how to tell people how Jesus Christ makes a difference in our life. And being a, a part of the community of faith, which is his church, fellow disciples together, how that makes a difference in our lives, how receiving the sacraments and a, a regular life of prayer uh, makes a difference in our life. So yeah. I think that that's the connection between the Bible and evangelization. Love it. And I, I'm thinking back to where our conversation started, how you were uh, sort of captivated by these places, these beautiful places that you visited. And in a way, people can be like that. They can capture someone's attention precisely because they stand out for one reason. There's, there's, a, there's something beautiful and different in that person. But connecting to another transcendental is then a truth is spoken about that life. Right. And you're saying the truth uh, is Jesus Christ and how he changes a life. And kind of connect, how would you connect that to the third transcendental? I think you said it was goodness, right? Goodness, yes. So, uh -huh. Yeah, how does it spill over into that third transcendental um, about goodness? So we've got beauty and truth. How does goodness figure into this and into the mission of evangelization? Yeah, goodness is is what we what we become as a disciple of, of Christ. You know, when people see goodness in our life, yeah. when people see uh, compassion and and yeah. and care for the for the needy and yeah. and those kinds of of virtues which Christ inspires in our life and which the Spirit builds up, people see that. You know, they see truth, they see beauty, and they see that goodness within us. And we want to tie pilgrimage again into Absolutely. this discussion of, yeah. of the Bible and evangelization and pilgrimage. I talked about how going to the Holy Land and entering into pilgrimage with Christ affects us. But the other kind of pilgrimage is in the way of the saints. Just about every pilgrimage throughout Europe or wherever we go uh, is going to involve the life of the saints. And if there is ever a place to look for goodness in the church, it's it's the lives of the saints. Um, all of us as disciples of Jesus are called to be saints. All of us as Catholic Christians are are called to that the highest calling, really, which is which is being a saint. Yeah. And uh, but I think that going on pilgrimage to the places where the saints lived, seeing the places that were important in their life, and then, of course, praying at their at their tombs, which is often in beautiful churches yeah. and, and cathedrals. Um, that's transformative as well. That's how pilgrimage in the way of the saints can be transformative. But yeah. but also at the same time, realizing that their their lives were just like ours in so many ways. You know, they they had the same calling, the same call to discipleship, the same desire to to live in Christ. And um, and so they can be great examples, models for us in our lives, whether we read about them in in biographies of the saints or if we have the the wonderful experience of going to those places. Yeah. 
Yeah. The image that comes to mind, you're talking about the pilgrimage is like opening another book on the story of a saint and really learning about them that way. Uh, are there uh, some places this year, for instance, that you've got on the list that you're uh, leading pilgrimages? Um, yeah, year? you know, I, I do about two, two a year, something like that, sometimes three. Uh, the Holy Land is always on there. I have a, another Holy Land trip for spring of 2023, so about a year from now. Uh, but this summer, uh, we're beginning to to travel out again after a two-year uh, lag, but but the world is healing and people are ready to travel again. So so I'm going to Oberammergau, which mm-hmm. is the famous passion play that's held only once every ten years, bringing a group. Uh, still room to join that, um, yeah. but we're going to after southern Germany, where the passion play is. Then we're going into Switzerland and Austria oh, uh, to see some of the great uh, shrines and and cathedrals and holy places and uh, in in those wonderful countries of of Northern Europe. And then in July, uh, for the Feast of St. Mary Magdalene, we're going to Southern France. There's a a tradition that that Mary Magdalene too, during the time of the persecutions in Jerusalem, left, went on, uh, got on a a ship in the Mediterranean and ended up in Southern France. Wow. Um, The... um, the area of Provence, and that Mary Magdalene, um, along with Lazarus and Martha as well, they uh, evangelized that area of France. And then uh, Mary Magdalene is buried in the tomb there. They have her relics uh, from the Middle Ages and before. And, and then uh, uh, there's, a, there's what's called the Holy, the Holy Cave. There's a, a place where traditionally St. Mary Magdalene went to spend the last few years of her life where she experienced a, a life of prayer and mystical experience. And so that 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 route between the holy cave up in the mountains and the basilica where she is buried is um, the route of the kings, it's called. The kings of France and many popes and many saints through the ages have have made that pilgrimage. So so that's what we're going to do in, in July. And we'll be there for the feast of St. Mary Magdalene, which will be accompanied by by uh, street parades and 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 mass and mass for the feast of Saint Mary Magdalene. So that's uh, that's also available for anyone who wants to quickly join in the next few weeks. Sounds like a wonderful opportunity for listeners who want to learn more. Stephen, where would they go? Yeah, my website uh, uh, has my books and my speaking opportunities and my pilgrimages. It's uh, bridge hyphen b dot com so bridge hyphen b dot com bridge building opportunities is is the kind of uh, umbrella name for my work but they can also google me and it will take you to that website as well Stephen Benz that's lovely well uh, I hope the pilgrimages go really well this year and that uh, the pilgrims experience that that transformation that we know comes with following Christ in the footsteps of Christ more closely and learning more about the saints. So, Stephen, I'm very grateful for your time today. I ask that God continue to bless you and your ministry. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you for your work, too. There was one line Stephen mentioned that brought to mind a few words from the first letter of St. Peter. 
It's one of my favorites, and it goes like this. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope, but do it with gentleness and reverence, keeping your conscience clear. You know, that passage from scripture really is one of the key guideposts for any evangelizer to always be ready to give a reason for our hope. And my prayer for you all this week is that you have an opportunity to to share the reason for your own hope and that you have a chance to spread the word about the difference that Jesus truly makes in our lives. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you can join me next time as we continue to blaze a trail of faith in our world today. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, Visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.